Welcome to GivePod, Greater Vancouver's business podcast. I'm Bridget Anderson, President and CEO of the Greater Vancouver Board of Trade. The Southern Interior and parts of the Fraser Valley are still underwater after last week's storm, floods and mudslides. And many of our main arteries connecting the Lower Mainland to the rest of Canada are still in need of major repairs. British Columbians have come together to help individuals and communities in need, donating millions of dollars. But more help is needed. Joining us today to talk about relief efforts is Patrick Queeley, Vice President, BC and Yukon of the Canadian Red Cross. Pat, the outpouring of support is really remarkable. And in fact, you know, many of our members have already made significant donations to relief efforts. And some of those members, to name them, TELUS, YVR, CN, Van City, RBC, Tech, and totaling $3 million, which is fantastic. And the generosity is very, very much appreciated. Pat, can you give us an update on fundraising efforts and to the response? How, how are things going? Bridget, thank you so much. And, and thank you for, for allowing me to join you here. I only echo your comments. And, and you know, as I look at our colleagues in the Greater Vancouver Board of Trade, uh, so grateful for, for their contributions and the generosity of Canadians and, and all those that are, are donating to, to help our efforts. Uh, as of uh, our conversation right now, we've raised over $9.5 million, thanks to that generosity and applying that uh, immediately to communities and to those households that are directly impacted. Uh, so, so grateful for that uh, outpouring of support and, and I would say most importantly, so grateful for the trust that it represents in our organization and that we will do good work on their behalf in these communities. Nine and a half million is truly remarkable. So give us an idea then of how those funds are allocated. There is so much need right now. Yes, and, and you know, we recognize, Bridget, that this is going to be a long journey, and we're still in the midst of the response, and as you know, there are, there are ongoing weather threats imminent, so we recognize that there's a, a long continuum of work to be done, but immediately we recognize as well that folks are in situations because of evacuation where they have immediate needs. And some of them are also in different stages of being able to re-enter to their homes and there's lots of complexity to that. So one of the things we do first is to try and have direct impact to those households with the greatest need based on those evacuations. So we launched a program that sees the disbursement of one-time funding of $2,000 based on information we received from Emergency Management BC uh, to help those folks that were evacuated from their primary homes based on the events of 14 to 16 November. So that will help people with that initial need based on the evacuation and early reentry. Uh, but just to be clear, uh, Bridget, we are integrated at all levels, inclusive of particularly community leadership, listening to the business community as to their needs and coordinating with other levels of government, such as the federal government and the province to really be able to shape how we can provide support in the longer run as well. And I would say most importantly, to your question, we are best informed in our interaction directly with those households and the impacted communities so they can tell us uh, how our support can be channeled and tailored to, for the longer journey. Some of the pictures and the stories that many of us have been seeing and hearing over the last many days have really, really been just heartbreaking to 
understand the devastation that individuals and communities are, are, are dealing with. What kinds of stories are you hearing? Heartbreaking is the right way to frame it in terms of the emotional impact and recognizing that this, this is an incredibly tough time for so many families and as people have experienced tremendous loss. So our hearts go out to them, obviously. And I think you know, the channeling of interest that we've seen uh, from so many different parts of our society uh, is, is inspiring. But that's the piece that I wanted to focus on from our perspective, uh, how uplifting it is to see the spirit of humanity alive and well in communities uh, people ch- coming together to provide supports to their neighbors, to be there for each other, to work through the physical and psychological challenges of this, this calamity. Uh, and we're extremely grateful to be able to be there alongside them, along with many other folks. And, and you know, hats off to the, the first responder organizations who are contributing directly and equally the volunteers that have stood up and you know, on their own volition come together to support within their community. So Red Cross is, is uh, I would suggest, uh, you know, a key partner in that fabric of response. And we're just grateful to be able to, to stand alongside these communities, not only right now, while we're all still going through this, but for the long run until recovery is, is well on its way and, and people are able to, to stand on their own. You know, I, I'm really glad that you um, can talk about the inspiring side of this because I, I don't want that to get lost in, in there is so much devastation and it is so much for us to imagine and to, to look at those pictures, but there are thousands of heroes who are helping to, to, to help the people in need most immediately, but helping to rebuild our province um, slowly, but surely, um, you know, it really is, uh, I think, quite inspiring, as you say, to see humanity come together. Absolutely, and and it's uh, you know it's a it's key to how I think we as as a, not only an organization of Red Cross but as we look at all the the folks who've come together um, that that is indicative of the the better part of our humanity and uh, just so encouraged to see that occurring and uh, and frankly it it, it uh, is uplifting as the days get long for our folks and. And uh, we just want the message to be that we are here with those communities and those people in need uh, for the long run. And uh, we will stand beside them and with them and, and uh, help them on that journey. And uh, so grateful that the way we do this is through that broader fabric. And we like to call it the, the humanitarian team the, that includes the, the folks that donate, the corporations that support us, and the many other uh, ways that supports are given uh, across different facets of society and through different channels. Uh, it, it is indeed uh, why we're here. And, and it's, uh, as you said, tremendously inspiring. The Canadian Red Cross has really been there for particularly the Southern Interior for the past many months. Uh, it, it really wasn't that long ago when we were dealing with the heat dome and then the wildfires. And you really did, uh, you know, or your organization was really there for the community of Lytton, which is uh, again suffering in the area uh, around it, you know, Merritt and Princeton. Uh, can you talk a little bit about the kinds of relief efforts you, you offered during that terrible summer that we just had? That, yeah, it's a very poignant point, Bridget. And, you know, we recognize and are very respectful of the fact that many of the impacted communities from the fires of this summer 
have also experienced flooding. And so we're very mindful of that compounding of effect. Uh, again, extremely grateful to be able to work with communities and have their trust uh, from the outset. Uh, many of our volunteers and staff integrating directly into the emergency operations centers and being able to uh, best understand and how to channel uh, the resources and tremendous supports that came to us. And, and so some of the things that we under, undertook were very similar to what we're doing here for flooding. Um, we were able to disperse funds to directly to impacted households uh, based on the fact of being evacuated in the Lytton context and having damage uh, in some of the, the broader um, fire scenarios. And so that work goes is ongoing. I mean, just happy to report, um, you know, in the first month and a half of launching the, the same type of uh, financial program that we launched yesterday for flooding, uh, for fires in the first month and a half, we were able to disperse over $5.6 million directly uh, to households. And Bridget, that work is continuing. And as we spoke of recovery, uh, that was our commitment then as well. Uh, we are providing ongoing supports for case management. And what that means is working with each household uh, each individual who needs support to help them in that journey, help navigate some of the complexities of all the different supports that are available, um, you know, the, the challenges of understanding uh, insurance and other, uh, other uh, supports there too, uh, but really just being able to, to continue to help them until they're ready uh, to, to say their recovery is far enough on a way that they can stand on their own. Uh, tangibly, some of that support is, is uh, providing uh, financial assistance on a monthly basis for interim housing as they've transitioned out of the provincial emergency support services uh, and being able to, you know, get, have a, that safe footing as they're still figuring out uh, what their longer term recovery looks like. And, and all that, of course, is coupled in with our, our collaboration with our partners at various levels of government as they further understand what programs they want to put in place. So that work continues in parallel and in many ways overlapping geographically with our immediate efforts for flooding. And, uh, and of course, the, the COVID context is, uh, is on top of that as well. You know, the last uh, five months or so with the many extreme weather events that we've had have been a, a wake-up call, I think, for a lot of British Columbians. You, Pat, have a long history in emergency management. What would you say to the people in our region and in British Columbia, what did they need to know about risks in their community? Thanks, Bridget. And that, that's certainly a, a complex challenge that is uh, enduring. You know, we, we can honestly attest that in recent history, the frequency and intensity of both weather-related emergencies and disasters and the impacts of, of natural events have certainly intensified. And so, you know, it's logical that we consider how best to prepare and to consider mitigation measures that will be effective in our communities. And, and that, you know, again, is a, not to be overly positive in the, in the face of these things, but there is great opportunity for all of us, uh, it, simply from understanding the risks that we face and being able to make a plan uh, relative to those risks and prepare for it. That can happen at the individual household level in terms of thinking about our how we're going to support our loved ones and be prepared, but then at the community level as well. Um, here in British Columbia, our communities and and many of our our, uh, our businesses and industry 
uh, look at things from a perspective of things like business continuity and how to ensure that we are able to, to bounce back and be resilient in the face of these challenges. Local governments uh, look at these risks and they publish those risks through their own planning and allows for community members to also be aware and, and businesses to be aware and make those plans in an integrated way. So from a Red Cross perspective, we very much focus on the human pillar of all of this and look at how folks can uh, be supported and have the right information. If, folk, if people look at our website, uh, www.redcross.ca, there's lots of information about the risks that we know exist here in British Columbia and frankly across Canada and the world. And there's good advice on how to be prepared against each of them as well as to how families and, and communities and businesses can respond to them. Um, simply said though, to your point from a broader context, you know, as we look at our experience here in British Columbia, the history of flooding on the, on the Fraser River is, is a known event. Uh, the frequency and rapidity at which it happens, obviously we can't control, but we know that uh, such is the nature of our topography and, and the rivers that flow through it. We know that there is going to be an earthquake of significant impact at some point uh, in this region. There's a history of that. Again, if we take a long enough lens, uh, we know that these things happen uh, with, with uh, continuity and, and consistently and although not predictably all the time. So I, I think it just heightens the need for us to consider preparedness in all that we do but also recognize that not everyone has the means to be prepared in the same way. So organizations like ours are inspired and, and prompted to see how we can help and fill in the gaps and be there when ultimately, you know, we will fall down, but we can, we can get up together and, and again, set the fabric and the, the framework so that we can do so in a cohesive way when these things happen. I suppose if there's any silver lining in the many clouds out there right now, is the, the pandemic taught many of our members, uh, those business organizations, about the importance of having a business continuity plan? And many members did that in the beginning of the pandemic. And now in the face of natural disasters, many of us are thinking about emergency preparedness on an organizational level and on a personal level. And myself last weekend, I went down to the garage and I took a look at my emergency kit and realized that things uh, inside of it were expired and expired a few years ago. And so one of the first places I went was the Canadian Red Cross website. And in fact, you had great information there and also emergency kit uh, information and, and sales and things. Um, I imagine you have emergency kit, Pat. <laughs> I certainly do. And I'm, I'm grateful to have to be able to, to do so, but uh... That is, that, that's key to uh, family preparedness. And much like you, Bridget, uh, the important thing to do is also make sure that it, the things that are perishable are current, rotate our stock, so to speak, and, and, uh, and try and find the ways to make it a bit of a fun activity so it happens in a cyclical way. But uh, absolutely, and you hit, you hit it well, Bridget. I mean, knowing the risks in our community, knowing the risks in our household and, and that which is in our immediate environment, making a plan and understanding how we can uh, you know, come together and, and support each other uh, when these things happen and, and broadening that kind of to a neighborhood approach, or as you think of the ecosystem of businesses, how mutual aid can, can come into play. And then, as you said, building a kit at a very personal level and you know, transcending to the broader context, 
having the resources such that our business continuity plans can be activated and uh, we can, again, get back up on our feet again as, as soon as possible. Pat, you and I have talked a couple of times over the last few days, and I know you have been speaking to a lot of individuals and organizations, and the Canadian Red Cross has been working around the clock. So a personal question for you. How do you get through these very long days in the time of crisis? <sighs> well, um, I mean, saying it very honestly, I mean, to everyone who's been involved uh, in numerous events and, and they are challenging uh, and self-care is absolutely important. So um, you know, being able to establish a routine that's sustainable and you know, find a flow that is sustainable, I think is key. But, you know, there's another piece to this and I'll, and I'll come back to inspiration, uh, Bridget. I mean, I personally feel extremely privileged to be able to be in an organization whose mission is to help others. And, uh, you know, it, it is a vocation of service that frankly, buoys us in times of, of, of challenge. And uh, it is what gets me up in the morning and inspires me to, to help because there are people out there right now, as we know in our communities that are struggling, that need help, that deserve our best efforts. And I, I'm, frankly, very grateful to be able to, to do that as, as my primary vocation and, and my job, frankly. So, so that gets me through every day. Uh, but again, humbly recognize that we need to look after each other and, and look after our teams and make sure that those supports are there in the whole of human context, both psychologically and physically, so that we can keep doing this in an enduring way and provide the best help that we can. So um, yeah, that's the day-to-day. -day. And, and frankly, uh, wherever we can, just reflecting on the positive, uh, the, the beauty, frankly, of humanity and seeing people come together uh, is inspiring and carries through the day and uh, is something to hold up and, and to, to keep following and keep contributing to wherever we can. So again, just grateful to be, be part of that. Well, Pat, I'm uh, very grateful for the work that you and the Canadian Red Cross is doing right now to support the many people and the many businesses and communities in need. And as, as we mentioned at the beginning of the conversation, our members have been very generous and donating over $3 million, but much more help is needed. So uh, maybe closing off with a, a call to action, if you will, where can people go to donate to the Red Cross? Thanks, Bridget. I'm very grateful for that call to action. And I join you in that. The, the best way is, is frankly to go to our website, redcross.ca. And there's lots of information about how folks can, can channel that interest. Uh, and if any of your members would like to talk uh, to myself or my colleagues directly, would be happy to be channeled through your offices uh, such that we can discuss if there's any specific interests or, or ways that they would like to explore. And the, uh, the website does have specific flood relief uh, donation ability. That's correct. Yes, people can channel their interest directly to our appeal for the 21 BC floods and extreme weather appeal, which will go directly to supporting this event. Pat, thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate you taking time to speak with us. So grateful for the opportunity, Bridget, and, and thank you too for all you're doing to, to encourage and that call to action.